After salvation, what? Does God exist? And if He exists, does He care about us? What is our relationship with God? In the next few minutes, I'm going to present an excerpt from a book by R.B. Theme Jr. titled, The Plan of God. In this book, these questions will be addressed for your consideration. And now, The Plan of God. Six Propositions. This is the beginning of a basic study course. Our textbook will be the Bible. God does not reveal His plan to us today through visions, voices, dreams, or any form of direct revelation as He did to the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament apostles. The Scripture is our only source of information about God's plan. All of God's revealed truth or doctrine is found in the Bible. So familiarize yourself with the Scripture using Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 as an example. This is an easy task since both the Old and New Testaments are divided into streets and houses. Hebrews is the street. The house number is 412, chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews is found in the New Testament. If necessary, look up the street location in the index. You should not be embarrassed by doing so. Now, before we begin our study, we should examine six introductory propositions about God. We're not seeking to prove them, simply to state them. These propositions are prerequisite to an understanding of the plan of God. Proposition 1. God exists. The assumption that God exists is the foundation for this study. Whether or not you think God exists is not a concern at the moment. What should concern you is maintaining logical and clear thought. If you say there is no God, you're being arbitrary and foolish. A logical statement might be, on the basis of rationalism or empiricism, God does not exist. But if you dogmatically say, I do not believe God exists, you demonstrate inconsistent thinking. If you truly do not think God exists, at least express the concept by making a statement that shows you are a logical thinker. There are three basic systems of human perception. Rationalism determines reality through reason. Empiricism determines reality through what you see, touch, taste, hear, and smell. Faith determines reality through confidence in the authority or veracity of someone. At some time during your life, you rely on all three systems of perception, but the system on which you rely the most will affect your grasp of reality. Now, when I say God exists, I mean I believe by faith that He has always existed, not as a figment of my imagination, but as a person who has no beginning or end. You may ask, Who is God? What is God? These questions can be answered because God has revealed Himself. Proposition 2. God Reveals Himself If God exists, all-powerful and sovereign, then it follows that God had something to do with our being here. If God created man, logically, He should reveal Himself to mankind, 
If God has always existed and he created mankind, then it follows that he will reveal himself to mankind, and he must reveal himself in a way that man can understand. Proposition 3. God Makes Sense If you continue with this study, you will learn that God reveals himself to us in a way that makes sense. I'm going to add something to this proposition. God makes organized sense because God is totally organized. And God's organized sense is presented in the form of a plan that we can understand. Proposition 4, God has a plan. God not only has a plan, but his plan is perfect, and his plan includes you. Proposition 5, then, shifts from God to you. Proposition 5, you are the object of God's plan. If you can say, I am a person, I am a human being, I belong to the human race, then you can say, God has a personal plan for me. That's why you are here on this earth. Here's the point. If there is a God, if he has revealed himself, if he makes sense, if he has a perfect plan, and if he has a perfect plan for every human being, including you, then you owe God a hearing. Proposition 6, you owe God a hearing. I want you to notice the word hearing. Nothing is required of you except an open mind. There are no gimmicks. I only want to give you information God has provided through the Bible. All you need to do is listen to what God says through his word. You have nothing in this world to give to God except a hearing. Whether or not you listen is strictly your choice. This may be quite different from what you expected, particularly if you have been exposed to religion. Religion is man's attempt to gain a relationship with God or the approbation of God by man's own works. Religion obscures the plan of God and deceives the human race. Religion was designed by Satan to make you antagonistic toward the biblical plan of God. Notice I said religion, not Christianity. Biblical Christianity asserts that only the work of God through Jesus Christ provides the means of salvation and an eternal relationship with God. As the light of the world, Jesus Christ illuminates the plan of God, John 8:12. Christianity proclaims God's way of salvation for the human race. Since the objective of this basic course is to develop the plan of God, let us review the points in our introduction. God exists. God reveals himself. God makes sense. God has a plan. You are the object of God's plan. You owe God a hearing. If you accept these propositions as true, then you recognize that God does have a plan for you. But remember, God's perfect plan must contend with your human nature, your flaws and imperfections. No matter how good you think you are, your human nature cannot meet God's perfect standard of righteousness. Your human nature creates a barrier that separates you from God, and you can have no relationship with Him. 
The barrier is an insurmountable bulwark that separates sinful man from perfect God and prevents him from having a relationship with him. Romans 5.12 The barrier consists of sin, the penalty of sin, physical birth, man's relative righteousness, the perfect character of God, and man's position in Adam. You cannot associate with God in this totally depraved condition. Therefore, God has found a way to bring you to himself. He has designed a three-phase grace plan so that you might approach him. Phase one, salvation. Phase two, your lifetime as a believer. Phase three, eternity. Under God's plan, God provides everything in grace for man from salvation until eternity. Grace is the policy of God in bestowing his unmerited favor on sinful mankind. There is nothing mankind can do to earn the grace of God. Grace is all that God is free to do for mankind based on the saving work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18. Phase 1, Salvation God's plan for your life begins at the cross. The cross is the key to the plan of salvation. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross between heaven and earth, he was judged for every sin in the human race, past, present, and future. John 3.16, John 3.36, 2 Corinthians 5.21 he became the substitute for our guilt. He received the penalty of sin for us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. 1 Peter 2.24a Any member of the human race can be saved and have an eternal relationship with God simply by believing in Jesus Christ as Savior. Acts 16.31b says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And then John 1.12 But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. The first phase of God's plan reconciles the total depravity of human nature with his holiness, a word that refers to his perfect righteousness and justice. When teaching a basic theology course, I usually begin by exploring the character of God, his divine essence. However, this time I will begin with a study of your essence so that you will know why God had to solve the problem of the barrier that exists between you and him. The Essence of Mankind I will begin with you as you were at birth. You were not conscious of this reality, but at the moment of physical birth, you became a person with a soul. The soul is the invisible, incorporeal essence of man, the real person. The essence of the human soul at birth, as it comes from God, has four parts. First, self-consciousness. When you were born, you were not aware of your existence. 
Later, when someone called you by your name, you responded. When you saw yourself in a mirror, you associated your name with your face. Eventually, you became aware of yourself as an individual. Secondly, mentality. Obviously, the mentality of a newborn baby is not developed. Otherwise, he could speak fluently at the moment of birth. Vocabulary must be learned. Words must be put together. All conscious thinking is accomplished by means of vocabulary. So your vocabulary greatly determines your ability to reason. Third is volition. Volition is the decision-maker of the soul. A baby's volition is completely controlled by his environment. Since he has no vocabulary, a baby cannot say, I'm hungry. All he can do is open his mouth and cry. When someone forgets to feed him or change his diaper, a baby's volition becomes a vocal expression. But this is not a fully developed volition. And fourth, conscience, norms, and standards. A baby is born without teeth, but they grow in. Likewise, a baby is born with a conscience, but it does not contain one norm or standard. These gradually develop through social, academic, and spiritual training. Just as the baby eventually acquires teeth, eventually he develops norms and standards. But those norms and standards are flawed because of the sin nature. The sin nature so utterly contaminates mankind that no one can approach God's perfect essence or please Him. Although not a part of the soul, the sin nature is the center of rebellion toward God, the source of temptation to disobey God. The sin nature seeks to influence and control the soul. This depraved nature came into existence as a direct result of Adam's original sin. Romans 5.12 tells us, therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin, or the sin nature, entered into the world, and spiritual death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. The sin nature resides in the cell structure of the body and is passed genetically by procreation from Adam to the rest of the human race. Romans 6, 6, 7, 5, and 18. With the exception of Jesus Christ, every person is born with a sin nature. I was born with one. You were born with one. The sweetest little baby you ever saw has a sin nature. Mothers may ooh and ah over their babies, saying, Isn't he beautiful? Isn't she adorable? Look at my precious baby. But do you know God's attitude toward babies? I'm going to shock you. Babies are unacceptable to the perfection of God. We look at the physical appearance of a baby, but God's righteousness sees the sin nature. So no matter how many people admire the beauty and innocence of a baby, remember, only one baby has ever been beautiful to God, Jesus Christ. The reason God found Jesus Christ beautiful but all other babies less than attractive is not because of how they look. Babies are unacceptable to God because they are born spiritually dead, 
separated from God. Jesus Christ was the only baby ever born without a sin nature and was therefore perfectly acceptable to God. Let us look at babies from God's viewpoint. I was born spiritually dead. You were born spiritually dead. With the exception of Christ, every person who has ever come or who ever will come into the human race is born with a sin nature and spiritually dead. Some people have the erroneous idea that the first time you sin personally, you die spiritually. Not true. Even though you are born physically alive, at the same instant, you are born spiritually dead. God does not condemn you for acts of personal sin. His attitude is not based on what you do, because as a newborn baby, you have done nothing good or bad. God's attitude is based upon the fact that your physical body is contaminated by the sin nature and you are spiritually dead. As you develop physically and mentally, you begin to commit acts of personal sin. The first words you may say are mama or dada. Eventually, you will say, no, I won't. This is your volition responding to your sin nature. Every sin nature has many facets and produces extremes of both good and bad. Therefore, in order to understand yourself, you must understand your sin nature. Thank you for listening. If you would like to receive the plan of God in print or ebook form, free of charge, you may contact RB Theme Junior Bible Ministries at 713-621-3740 or at rbtheme.org. That's R B T H-I-E-M-E dot O-R-G.